Shirt Show. Episode 2 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Juan from Squeezy Prince out in California, man. Let's go! All right. Can you hear us? Yo. Hey, can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Oh, look at that. That's a beautiful Uh, flower, isn't it? Damn it, he's got plants too. Yeah, well, you had plenty of chances, dude. It's all you. <laughs> my red, my little red chili's back here too. Oh, yeah, we can't see. You need to get a light on it. I know. I need to get it over here. You brought it home. Yeah. <laughs> you you brought like, your flash to your home. Nah, it's just, it's literally a plant. it's literally my my, my plant. His okay. his red chili plant. <laughs> well, I'm glad you can hear us. I'm glad it's working this time. Yeah, it works way better. I think just. <laughs> The internet um, around my place just sucks. Yeah. And yeah, we kind of can't like, uh, we're just subjected to that same internet because um, like nobody else like will give us internet besides Cox and like we pay an arm and a leg and it sucks ass. I don't know why. You have an internet service called Cox? Yeah. <laughs> Sex sucks Cox. Sucks Cox, man. Cox yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh let's try this again, I guess. Uh how's uh everything going with uh quarantine life and you know, everybody back open and everything good there now? Um some some stores are opening up, but um I have noticed that, you know, some are still remaining closed. Some are like choosing to be closed too. They just think it's right. not it's uh it's too soon. But yeah. I guess that's a little bit like it is here. Um, most are open though. That's for sure. But, um, there's a few that have said, you know, I don't know how we're going to go forward with this kind of thing. So maybe they're, maybe they're pausing, but they've got to open up sometime or not, you know, it's either, it's either eventually open or. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. You're going to starve to death or what? Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Dylan, do you have, uh, you have tea? You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm good. All right. I've got some water. How about you? What you got? I got some water over here and I got over here, orange juice, double fisting. Mm-hmm. Smart. <laughs> Fresh squeezed. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, nah, it's not. It's poser orange juice from the store. Got an orange, <laughs> shoot, orange tree out back. <laughs> yeah. ah, I wish. Dude, when we went to uh, Long Beach last year, we stayed in Airbnb and right out front of the door of the Airbnb, they had like a full on... It wasn't an orange tree. It was the like the clementines, oh. the smaller ones, and it was fucking full. And they were like, "Help yourself, but don't overpick." And we're just like, "Like that's crazy." <laughs> it's like literally right outside the front door. So it's yeah. awesome. That's rad. Yeah, you know, we have to remember next podcast to surround ourselves in flowers. Yeah, so it looks badass. I know. I'm just gonna get some like huge like palm trees and shit behind me or i'm just gonna green screen it and i'll just have yeah dude <laughs> be in a jungle yeah are we you just uh, talking about performance reviews oh God. before you jumped on do you guys uh do you do anything like that do you have an annual performance review or you know when you talk to your team and or, or how, how do you do it um i usually just have like a 
I don't have like meetings like every day, but I usually have a meeting maybe like once a week to every other week. And if like, there's something I need to address or whatever, but, um, we'll have like short meetings in the morning about like the projects that we're going to run and like how we're going to run them. Cause some of them are going to be like water-based discharge or like plastisol, just all depends. But, um, but for the most part, just, uh, at the end of the year, I talk to everyone about like how they do, how they did. And I just like tell them about their performance and uh, so it's a, just talk about everyone, goals about, huh? Everyone is at the same time at the, at the end of the year, you don't do it on like their higher date or anything like that. No, I don't, no, no. I just kind of do it at the end of the year, beginning of the year. And you have a production meeting every morning, like an all company wide yep. production meeting. Dylan, do you do that too? No. <laughs> freestyle baby we freestyle everything mm-hmm. you have it on ipad just right out there no how, we, how they, do you do it they, we just have a computer in the shop like at the end of the dryer kind of and they have their own schedule so we have the schedule broken down to like the top half is like randy on his press and then the bottom half is nate on his press and they basically just have to go through their schedules and then if there's anything that's going to roll over or anything that doesn't work for them, they have to come talk to us, to, like me or Chris, about it. And then, well, What happens if you have too much to print? And is a, so you've got an eight-hour eight day and you have 10 hours of work. What do you do? Well, generally, we're about you know four to five days ahead of turnaround anyway. So basically what happens is if I feel – I look at the schedule every day and I kind of like pick and choose. I'm like, this looks like a full day. And if, like I said, if for some reason at the end of the day, he can't finish that one or it's going to roll over and be too late in the day, they just ask me, is this okay if this rolls over to tomorrow? And then I'm usually just like, yeah, it's fine because it's got another like, you know, eight days left on turnaround. So then we just kind of roll it over to the next day. But like I said, we're usually pretty far ahead anyway to where we're not doing jobs that have to go out that day every day. So... We Juan, how about you? Over. Do you, what, what happens when you, do you stay that far ahead four or five days? Um, I think so. But, um, there, there is times when we fall behind, like it happens, but it, um, yeah, for the most part, probably about like, we got about like a week to two weeks of work ahead of us, like on a schedule. And then that's about it. Like, what do you say? What do you say your turnaround is? Uh, my so turnaround is about, uh, 10 to 14 business days. Yeah. That's what I say. I say 10 to 15. Yep. Yep. So we're usually trying to get everything out ideally by like the 10th day. Um, but yeah, 15 is kind of like, usually when things are on the 15th, it's like the, you know, it had front back print and neck tags and folded and poly bagged. Mm-hmm. So those extra days kind of help. So yeah, I think for us, it's just, like I said, it's kind of just trying to stay ahead enough where we're not killing ourselves every day and like, oh, we got to hurry up and get this out for UPS. I mean, that does definitely happen. Like we have rush orders and stuff, but. That's what I was going to say is what do you consider a rush order? I mean, you say 10 or 15 days, but what happens when. Anything under seven Monday, business days is a rush order. Okay. And you'll just, I mean, that happens a lot here. Like we'll, on Monday, we'll, we'll get you know, at least five orders that'll be due on Friday. We, we, yeah. it's, you know, I guess it's our own doing. We say, yeah, okay, we'll get it done. Mm-hmm. But you know, that throws a curveball in the whole even thing. Even then, yeah. but even then we just take that job. So say, okay, we look at it and we look at UPS. Okay. It has to ship on Wednesday to get to the customer on Friday. That's just one job thrown in the day for two presses running all day. So usually it's like, okay, well this 
job that could have been on that day has another eight days left. We'll move that one over to tomorrow and then put the rush order in. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a game of just moving things around. But like I said, they're constantly checking time. Yeah. They're constantly checking the schedule on what they got to do that day. And I kind of put them in order of importance. So if, if we, if Sarah comes to me and says, Hey, can I take this rush order? And I say, yeah, I put it on this, you know, I'll have Chris or somebody put it on the schedule and then we'll just juggle things around. So they don't have to think about it. Like, Oh, what do I got to do here? They're just looking at their own bars of like, these are the jobs I got to do. Yeah. I feel like there's at least three or four times a week when we're waiting on UPS to show up at 11 and we're checking in an order first off the truck and printing it. Yeah. We definitely do that too. That day, you know, so that's what we do. Like, so we talk about that in the production meeting, you know, we'll, we'll be kind of huddled up. Well, not so far so much anymore. So we social distance production across the shop. (laughs) Exactly. And we'll, and we'll talk about like, okay, so here we're running this data. And then when UPS comes in, you know, we're going to count it in and, and print that order. So yeah, just kind of like this, we're on the same page and there's no, or there are as few surprises as possible. It's always nice. Is most, is most of your stuff local and like pickups? Juan? Uh, Oh, for me. Yeah. Uh, pretty much I would say like, 85 to 90% of everything that we do is like pretty local. A lot of people come to pick up. Yeah, for sure. So that's nice then. Cause you don't have to worry about the actual turnaround of UPS. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Cause that adds another stress and it's like, yeah. Uh, and especially when people want it rushed. It, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of stress, when you're stressed out, what do you do uh, when you're at the shop? If you're stressed out, what's your, what's your go-to? Ah, uh, dude, I got a fucking board. Yeah, I gotta skate. Honestly, probably the best one, dude. I gotta How far go. is the skate? Kind of like, you know what? I gotta go. <laughs> How far is the skate place from your shop? Um, it used to be about like twenty minutes, but now my buddy just opened up an embroidery place like four doors down from me. Uh, shout out Howlin' Wolf and or sorry, <laughs> Howlin' Embroidery. But yeah, um, he uh, he just built a ramp in there, so now it's like it's like a just a couple doors down. Yeah, dude, there's a ramp, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Gotta get that on your story. Yeah, dude. Yeah. They um they've been trying for years to put in like a skate park in our town just for like the kids to have something to do because mm-hmm. there is nothing in our town for people to do entertainment wise. It's literally just like gas stations and bars. Um but where what I own well, where I own my property right across the street is it's like an industrial building where they now it's like a union, but across from them is like open plot of land. I kind of want to buy it and just like build a skate park just because <laughs> like on my own property, just put it there. And then, um, but I don't skate, but I know there's a lot of kids in town that will. And it's just for me, it's a good thing for kids to do rather than like yeah, doing rad. math and like yeah. fucking breaking into cars and shit, which is usually what happens. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think I might do that. Like within the next couple of years, I might like see if I can buy that piece of land and just like build it. But I don't know. And I, I know a guy like locally that knows how to make all like the concrete like ramps and shit. So Damn, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start cool. looking into that. Damn, that's rad, dude. That'd be really cool. There's a story about a local skate uh, skate park around here called Washington Street. 
that uh that's how it started off too like just a bunch of skaters that didn't have a park yeah like kind of built under a bridge and um the eventually the city just kind of gave given permission to build it and now it's like this just like epic skate park that's super awesome. gnarly and it's just awesome dude yeah, the problem the problem the town was going to do it, but then they they look into it as like, what's the liabilities? Who's going to hold the insurance? Where are we going to put it? For me, I'm just going to like fucking put it on my property and say it's posted, but I'll put my own sign that says like skate at your own risk or whatever. So like if somebody yeah. breaks a leg, it's like, dude, don't sue me. Like I let you fucking ride here. Yeah, exactly. It's like so there yeah. the town has no liability at that point. So I feel like they're going to be cool with it. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Right what home, uh, what uh, are you binging any shows right now? Me and Andy were just talking about a new one he's watching. Uh, binging on some shows. Let's see. What was it? Yeah, there was one I was watching. I think it was uh, Ozark. <laughs> you guys, you yeah. guys see that one? Yeah, it's my town. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I always t- tell Jessica that. I'm like, oh, dude, Andy, I wonder if he's like ever been there. <laughs> he really is Marty. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> this whole screen printing thing is just a front. It's mm-hmm. just in front. Mm. <laughs> just laundering those bills. I don't know how to do any of it. We're just laundering some bills. <laughs> they print money, dude. <laughs> so I guess let's go back to what we were talking about last try. Uh, tell us how you started in printing and you worked it for another place and then started your own. Okay. So um, originally how I started, I was just like 18 and out of high school and I didn't really like know what I wanted to do with my life. And I had a buddy that I was helping out and he was like really into graffiti and uh, like wheat pasting and sticker bombing. And so at the time I was like, oh, he was, come on, come and help me. And he like showed me basically how to screen print. And I was like, what the fuck? What is this? This is so cool. It was like that magic moment. And then, um, then I just had all these questions like, well, how do you get the image on the screen? And like, I just dove into it like a hundred percent and, uh, I kind of like did a bunch of research online and watched like cat spit and did all that stuff. And like, but eventually like I couldn't learn anymore. So I was like, I want to learn as much as, as much as I can, but I can't because like nobody's really going to teach me any of this stuff. And so I said, fuck it, I'll go work at this place. And it was called King Graphics. And uh, my buddy Fred was like doing payroll at the time. So he hooked me up with the job. And I was just doing like bullshit stuff at the time, like ripping a bunch of tags like all day, like for a bunch of shirts. And like eventually they just moved me up every day, like one week or like one week I'd be like just blasting out screens or one week I'd be like... um, learn like uh putting just tape on screens only or like, how many uh how many employees did that place have it was about like 100 to 125 or something yeah, like that so it's a big shop then it's pretty big shop yeah. yeah it was like um there was a sh- like six autos in there and like two of them were uh those like uh mnr predator belt presses they're like all over printers they print like all over the shirt. And so we were doing a bunch yeah. of stuff for like UFC and like just a bunch of like Paxum brands, like sweet affliction yeah. shirts. Yeah. Like <laughs> famous and like just random, like just big name brands at the time. But, um, was it a contract shop? Uh, or were they getting I those think customers? They did some contract, but they already had, they were already set with like huge con, like huge, like deals. Accounts. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So they were pretty much set, but, um, I think eventually they, uh, they started getting like so big that they, their quality just started dropping and dropping. But I pretty much just went there to like learn what I needed to learn, you know, like how to print water base, how to print discharge, um, what machines I needed. It was all MNR at the time. So, so you're, you're saying that you went there with, uh, with the plan to, Hey, I'm going to learn how to do all this stuff because you knew ultimately you were going to have a shop, your own shop. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, like I, I already had that in my head. I was just like, Oh, well in order to like do this, I need to like learn how, how I'm going to do it. You know? Yeah. So basically for about a year, I went to go work there and, uh, I worked in a bunch of different positions and, uh, I was just like, all right, this is it. Like I just like would slowly save up all my money and then just step by step buy like little pieces here and there. Like I bought a press and then I bought the exposure unit, I bought the this and that, you know, where'd you put that like, stuff? Like in a, in your garage, was it a working shop or just store it? No, at first it was just like in my, uh, family's garage. So like they were cool and they were like, all right, you could have your shit in the garage. So for the first like year and a half, I had it in their place. And then, um, oh, I mean like the first year and a half after starting it, cause mm -hmm. I, after I left the, after I left that factory, I kind of had already started about like a couple months after that or before that. And yeah, it, I just stored all my stuff. And then eventually I saw that, um, uh, that, uh, one of my buddies, like had moved from one of his, like his warehouse location. And I went to go ask the landlord, like how much and all that stuff. And I didn't even know if I could do it at the time. Like, you know, they were like, you know, the rent's going to be this much, you know, I was just like, fuck, I don't know, even know if I could do it, but I was like, all right. And I had like some accounts. So I just like dove all in and that's awesome. Yeah. You got to take that risk, I guess once in a while. Yeah. And so that was like kind of the story of how I started and like, just how I got all my stuff in there and just started off in there. That's but, where you're uh, at now. That same spot. Yeah. Except, except now, like the first year was just like half of that space. And then the um, next couple of years, I just like knocked down the wall and then I just took over the next space next to me. What, uh, what equipment did you buy when you first started? Like what was your first manual on first dryer? Um, the f dude, it was so bad. The first one I bought was like from some homie that was, like, <laughs> it was some press from the, like the sixties or seventies or something. It was so, old. so perfect registration. So yeah, super good <laughs> Reggie. But, um, yeah. So instantly, like after I had it for like the first like day I knew I was like, shit, I need to upgrade. And so, uh, after like a couple months, I upgraded to another press, which is like a Riley Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like one of the blue ones. Um, or maybe it was just a Hopkins BWM. That's what it was. It's one of the blue ones. And, uh, after what? that, I, I realized even then I was like, fuck, this isn't even the right press. Like it kind of got ripped off and I still need to like upgrade more. And so I got to like, I think it was like a Vastex after that. And that had pretty good registration. I it think had micros just, on it and stuff. Yeah. And the BWM had it too, but it just, the micros were kind of just shot. It was old press and I didn't know much. So I got, 
I got bad. That's interesting. You went down that road and and then ended up with your auto, ended up with an M&R. Why? What made you decide on M&R? I always knew I was going to get an auto. I was just like, kind of like saving up and waiting and getting all like the little pieces that I needed before I like got the auto in there. So I was always like investing in like bigger screens uh, for like the auto. Uh, I was always just uh, like planning to get bigger dryer that like one that would be like adequate for that. And, but the whole time I just had like two presses. Well, Mm -hmm. actually technically three, one of them was just a single color, but um, yeah. I think that's smart with the screens. Like I always, I did that same thing. I first started out with like these 18 by 20, you know, wooden frames Mm -hmm on a manual and, uh, and, I, and I, you, there's not a lot of room to do anything. I mean, you're almost hit the edges and you make a mess. And so I said, okay, no more of this. And so I went to auto screens on a manual mm-hmm. and, um, so glad I did because when you get a manual or when you finally get an auto, you know, it's already expensive enough. And then now you've got by 200 new, you know, screens that are bigger, you know, that, that sucks. And so exactly, exactly. Um, we print a uh, manual on a manual for us now too. And it's so it's awesome to have a, just a giant screen to load ink into or whatever. Do you yeah. still print manually at all? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We used to print manually like every day still. We got my, a, man, I got my a, manual is just all it fucking does is collect dust. Ah, uh, dude, it's cause you got that bitch <laughs> new auto, dude. I'm the only one who prints on the manual and we use it for like little shit like tags or, you know, whatever. But, yeah. yeah. I feel bad because it's like, it's an, it's a sidewinder. It's like an, it's a really nice press, like six color, four station, mm-hmm. but I only ever use one head and one station. I thought about getting rid of it and just getting like a single station, single head thing just to put in the corner. But I know as soon as I fucking get rid of that, I'm going to be like, Oh, maybe we should get somebody in here to do manual printing. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It saves our butt, uh, at least once a week having that manual, you know, where you can throw something up on there and knock it out yeah. not get in the way not you know take up time on an auto yeah we have the same press sidewinder yeah yeah same here three oh no sidewinder. Yeah. yeah sidewinder crew we need to come up with a sign yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah what are you doing tomorrow memorial day i'm just gonna play my work gu- i'm gonna play my guitar all right nah i don't know i, I probably just yeah work a little bit. <laughs> when did you, when did you get into that, into the playing guitar? Was that recently or have you been doing that for a while? Uh, it's been like five or six years now. I think actually I've been playing guitar. It's pretty awesome. I always like when you post them, like I'm not just trying to fucking blow smoke up your ass. I really like when you play it. So do that uh, more, yeah. post more. Can you of play those. a little bit for us now, please? <laughs> uh, DJ yeah. requests. <laughs> Shit, you don't want that my guitar is right there <laughs> you gotta answer all our questions and song yeah. all right <laughs> i know all right that'd be pretty <laughs> he's like oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> what uh i i had asked you before but you have like a ton of those like hand-painted signs in the shop is that just like something you you like getting done because you have a lot of them yeah um you know what? Yeah, I'm addicted to that. I have my uh, my buddy Dwayne Norton. He owns this place called Sungold Signs, and he is responsible for all that stuff. He does a really epic sign painting, and he's been uh, in the industry for not too long, but he's been tattooing forever. So mm. it was like a good transition for him to go natural artist. Yeah, I like him a lot. They're really nice. Dude. 
killer stuff, dude. Yeah, he <laughs> he's like a one of a kind guy. He's all into like uh, building badass cars and like really bitching like old bikes and shit. You guys, you would dig him for real. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I got a question for you guys. What's your minimum? Twelve. Twelve. Ours is five. What is yours? Five. I don't know why. Um, five? It, <laughs> <laughs> I thought at least six, dude. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no, I just, we went with five. Um, it used to be one, you know, we would just do, we had a DTG machine and. We do you not have that anymore? We do, but it's pushed off, unplugged in the corner because we're trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, but, in, in, you know, because there's, it seems like anyway, when you can make money, you can make some money on a DTG machine, but, uh, some, most of the time you don't, you, know, you end up spending a bunch of time with fucking around with art and then finally get it over to the DTG and you have to do one or two or three test prints before it looks right. And then and you have to pre-treat and everything. Well, we don't do that anymore. We, uh, we, the, it, the one we had did do that. Like it did do whites, but we turned those off because pre-treating's a nightmare. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, it's, you want to buy it? I, it's, it's actually really cool. <laughs> just talks, just talks so much shit about it. And now he's like, Oh, you want to buy it? <laughs> yeah, I, got a sign. <laughs> <laughs> I got a sign in my shop that says hundred percent screen printing. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. Do you guys have like uh restrictions on your minimum though? Like, do you say like you're doing five shirts, but it's only going to be like a two color or, um, Oh no. I mean, because if you want to spend, if you want us to do six color, we'll do it. I mean, it costs a lot of money. Every once yeah. in a while it happens. But what I, what we end up doing is saying, okay, well, look, here's, here's five shirts. Here's the price. And uh, it goes like from five, from five to 10, you know, we just show them different brackets and maybe you do that too. Whenever we send yeah. out a quote, we'll always send out a quote. If somebody says, Hey, quote me on 50 shirts, we'll send out a quote for 50, and but then also show the next bracket and say, Hey, here's, an, here's what 75 looks like. Yeah. I do that too. Um, you know, it's sometimes yeah. give them, give them three options. Yep. Same. Or give them a different shirt. You know, we have customers that are wanting a tri blend, and they, and what we find is that you know the tri blends are almost five bucks, right? Well, a three thousand one CVC is a you know the heathers they feel almost like it, and you can save a couple of dollars. And so if you're trying to if if there's a budget, if you're you know if you have a certain budget, then we'll we'll work on the on the price of the shirt. I know that's like a big thing where people are always trying to talk about like upsell, upsell, but like on all honesty, if somebody comes to me and they're like, they don't know any better. They just know the name Gildan. They're like, Oh, can I have a Gildan? I'm like, well, yeah, here's the price of this. But for like 80 cents more, you can have this like, you know, Bella canvas, whatever shirt. And it's just kind of like the old mentality of like, do you like, say it's a college and they come to you and they're like, I need 3000 shirts, but I want them on Gildan you kind of have to be like, Hey, like, I know you're trying to get these for as cheap as possible, but isn't your goal like impressions? Like, do you want this kid to wear this shirt like 50 times? Or you want him to wear it once and put it in a drawer. And I feel like the, the, the Bella canvas thing is kind of like, all right, like we have people that literally tells us this is like their favorite shirt to wear in general. So it's like, if you give them for 80 cents more, you can have a shirt that might have like a hundred more impressions of them wearing it then that Gildan that has your school logo on it that they wear once and then it turns into a belly shirt and then it goes into a drawer and they only use it when they mow the lawn. Like, mm. what do you want to pay for? Do you want to pay for one-time use or do you want it to be a shirt that they have that they give to like their kids that says like what school they went to? So yeah, yeah, for it's me, true. It's, it's, 
yeah, it becomes at one point, like you look at Gildan and sometimes it doesn't even look really that sustainable. You know, it's like, yeah. damn, we're just putting these out. How many are these are really like going to be worn all the time? You know, it definitely has a place though. Like there's people like construction companies that like, they literally need a shirt that's going to last like a month and then yeah. they have to get new ones. Cause they're going to beat the piss out of it. Like there's no point in buying a really nice shirt. That's going to get right. like, fucking, you know, tar all over it or something. You're right. Painters and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah so like right. those are the people we generally try to sell those to or people that are like, okay, I need these for, uh, you know, a 5k and they're going to wear them in like, it's a mud race or something. And it's like, all right, just use these. Yeah, but for, right. the most, for the most part, I just try to get people a quality shirt just because I want them to have a quality shirt, not because I want to upsell. I see yeah. uh, at our shop anyway, I see it trending uh, for young anyway, I see it trending towards the Gildan. It's, it's strange. You know, I'll, I'll show them a Bella and say, Hey, for 80 cents or whatever, but it's definitely leans towards the basic tee. Like they want that basic tee cut and that yeah. thick, you know, obviously Bell canvas is more comfortable, but I don't think they're going for comfort. They're looking for style. They're going for style. Yeah. Which is thicker and oversized thick. stuff nowadays yeah. is you know, like the big shirt, like it'll be a girl that obviously wears like a smaller medium. She's like, I want an extra large. Mm. Like you're saying, like they just want it to be big. It's definitely, yeah, a trend right now. Right. Do you guys ever print on a uh, AS color? Mm. Once in a great while. I only ever do it if a customer asks for it. It's not like something I carry. Um, I think I have to get that direct from them. Is that how you get it? Yeah, I have to get a direct from them too, just yeah. because uh, I don't think they uh, have distributors. Mm -hmm. They just kind of just they sell it all themselves. Is that the manufacturer that's by you? That's in San Diego. I don't. You're telling me about. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're um, in San Diego. I don't think they manufacture. I'm not sure if they manufacture here. I think they manufacture in like Bangladesh or something, but. I think they're from the company is from New Zealand and they've only been in the United States for like two or three years, not too long. So I know not a lot of people know about them, but they do have like some distribution centers. I think it's in LA. So it's pretty close. Yeah. I generally try to use stuff that's like from either, you know, SNS or Broder or whatever. And when people ask me for a catalog, I just give them my like top five favorites. I'm just like, try these, let me know. You know, I'll gladly send somebody a couple samples mm -hmm. because I know they're going to feel better seeing it. Mm -hmm. But I don't have that local thing like you do. Like somebody can't really stop in and like feel shirts unless they're close to me. But yeah, um, so, lately I've noticed a lot of people that have stopped in have like uh, chosen between quality and the shirts. A lot of people like that one in particular. Really? So it is. I, I think it's going to be up and coming for sure. It does print really nice too. Mm -hmm. it prints really good. So you asked about the minimum. Why did you ask? Are you considering? I, I was just, minimum? I was just curious. Um, my minimum is 24 by the way, but, um, mm -hmm. sometimes, uh, I do have a, like a higher minimum if, if, if it involves more colors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause otherwise, you know, it, it doesn't make a lot of business sense to me at least to, um, do the job. Otherwise, and be working for pennies or something. Yeah. I think I'm going to put a cap. Like we, we kind of like Andy where basically we'll do anything at 12, 
but I won't do like simulated process or anything kind of like crazy print on like 12 shirts. Cause like mm-hmm. the, usually the fucking like color spread and stuff of like doing that design isn't even like fully there by 12 shirts yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think now that I have the gauntlet, I need to like rethink stuff and be like, okay, if you're going to do a 12 color, it's got to be like, you know, at least 50 shirts or, you know, if you're going to yeah. do 12 shirts, it's got to be six or less. Um, 12 only, dozen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only the only reason why we offer 12 is because there's always that like, you know, somebody comes in there, I need, I need 10 shirts or 12 shirts for like a softball game or, you know, a birthday party or whatever. And it's like, I hate saying no. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, I'm just leaving it there for that. But I feel like so many times you get that email of somebody like, I want to quote and what's your minimum. And it's just like, dude, I don't want <laughs> to fucking keep, tell you what my minimum is all the time. Yeah. But, yeah. It's tough. Sometimes I just tell people like, Oh, you know what? Like we have really a uh, high minimum because, uh, just the setup process is so extensive and that's the right. truth. So I just tell people like, Oh, just look up on Google, like a DTG, like mm-hmm. San Diego or Chulavista. And I'm sure like somebody will help you to make like that one piece, you know? Yeah. Well, but, it's the uh, same amount of work to set up for five shirts as it is to set up for 5,000 shirts. Yeah, exactly. The so, screen everything. So it's yeah. kind of like it just sucks. You know, listening yeah. to you guys, you've inspired me. To, I think I'm going to, I think we're going to move to only black ink. Mm-hmm. One color, black ink, no half tones, and all art has to be created on Custom Ink's website, and then yeah, give, and then emailed to us. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like it. Yeah, we were talking about that. Just black ink specials with uh, Heather Gray shirts. Just do that. That'll be our business from here on out. Dude, I trust me. I've already like <laughs> thought of this one too, dude. You ran the numbers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It's going to be called one hit. That's it. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You get it at one hit. That's it. Sell those shirts for so cheap. (laughs) Yeah. You'll be, it'll be, it'll explode. You'll be huge. (laughs) Yeah. Like you don't have to flash. We can sell all of our flashes. Dude. Yeah. You just run the auto. That'd be awesome. (laughs) I know the truth of it is, and I've talked about this before, but it's like, you always get really good art from good artists that can make a design one color. Mm-hmm. Like if they can make it one color and it gets everything across, it's so much more cost effective for them. Mm-hmm. Plus it's just better for everybody. I mean, they're definitely cool fucking multicolors, but like when you can pull off a one color and make it awesome, it's definitely something to brag about. I feel like. Dude, it's the best dude. If you're, yeah, if you're like a really good artist and, uh, you you could do the single color stuff, man. You know how to make it work yeah. and make it look good. Well, there we was like, order. go ahead, Annie. I was going to say, we had an order come, talk about rush orders. It came in on like Monday or Tuesday and it, and it was due this last Friday. And it was for, uh, it was for a pride thing. And it had, there was 50 shirts with one design and 50 shirts with the other. The front design was the exact same, only one was horizontal and one was vertical. And so... Um, it was seven color front, seven color again, you know, twist, like just turned. And then the back was also, it was a nape and there were two different napes, seven color, seven color. So it would be, it would have been 28 screens. And we talked to him, it's like, Hey, you sure, you know, maybe this nape, it's just so small, you know, seven colors. Are you sure we can just maybe get it down to one. Um, so they actually did decide to do that. 
And then I was like, well, do you really have to, you know, twist it just to have vertical and horizontal? And <laughs> are you sure? Because it's seven more screens. And they said, yeah. So we ended up doing it. And because they were like, are you sure? Well, are you, well, isn't it? It's the same print. You know, can't you just load the shirt on and have it be the same? But, uh, but we did it. And the thing is, um, it tri-synced so easily. I don't know if you find that with your new gauntlet too. When it presses brand new, like that Rebel over there, it's to the 1,000th. When they install it, it's to the 1,000th of an inch. And everything is just so tight. And so I think it was on the first setup, um, it tri-synced except for maybe one. And on the second one, it also tri-synced. Both seven colors. Yeah. Do you have a tri-sync on yours? Juan? Oh, no. You You don't? lock? No. Dude, get off this. Let's hang up. He doesn't need to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> have you, you've considered it, right? Yeah, I have considered it. Yeah. But you guys got to convince me because like, what's dude, going on? Dude, for real. Come on now. You're killing me. Well, yeah, you can set up. You, it's the only way to go or what? Yes. 100%. We use it for literally every single job. I even, we use it on one color. So don't but, wait. That sounds but, stupid. But, but wait a second. You guys, you guys have the IS, the, the, I am right? Yeah, but even before I had the I image, we were using it with film. But is it is it pretty dialed on? Like, yeah, like, I mean, it, film with with film, it's definitely you have to have the guy who's taping stuff to the carrier sheets. You have mm-hmm. to have them doing a good job because if they yeah. do a shitty job in the beginning, it's going to be that same shit all the way through. That's but like, result. but like, if you have a decent light table and you have like a, a loop that you can like put on and make sure the registration marks are lined up and you tape everything, you should be fine. The worst case scenario is like we used the Trilock with film for probably like four or five years maybe. And the worst that's going to happen is say you take a six color and you're putting it on a sportsman or whatever. You, you're literally putting the, the frame on and you're pulling the screen to the corner, click, click to the corner, click, click all the way around for six colors. And you're going to do that test print. Worst case scenario, you're going to look and be like, oh, the yellow's out like a fucking millimeter. And you go over and like click, like turn, turn, yeah. done. You can send a six right. color up in like minutes. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the thing is, is that the, the one that's the, that yellow that's out of registration, it's not because of the tri-sync. 99% of the time, it's not because of the tri-lock. It's probably because of screen tension mm-hmm. or maybe squeegee pressure or angle or something that we did yeah. wrong. It's not the tricing. Yeah. Or like I said, it's somebody didn't line it up perfectly when they taped the the carrier sheet on. But as soon as I got the, as soon as I got the eye image, it was like, we don't even need, we had this discussion the other day. I mean, Andy Mm -hmm. is like, we don't even need registration marks anymore. Like true uh, true story. If if you like that seven color, um, I was talking about, let's say one of the screens was bad and I don't know, didn't spray out right or something didn't spray out in it. We'll Mm -hmm. make a new screen for it, you know, on that press and go and tri-sync that one screen in, you would think, oh, we'll just, just set up that one screen and tri-sync again. We don't. We knock everything. We, we unlock everything, every, every single color, and then re-tri-sync it, and it, and it lines up. Because, um, you know, when you put that board on, the palette on, the tri-sync palette on, you want it, sometimes you can put it in a different spot. And so if you go to do a, you know, just fix one screen on the press, you just re-tri-sync it all. And I'm not scared of it. Usually you're like, oh, we've got six of the colors lined up. Don't touch them. You know, you're going to fix this one screen and don't touch those other six, whatever you do. Yeah. But now it's when you're, I'm so confident in it that we'll just unlock all six and then put that seventh one up all again. And it's, there it is. It's fine. Damn. Like I said, we're so confident in it that we don't, we don't need the registration marks. Like 
just put it in, click them all in, and you're done. Damn. We took res. There's no more registration marks on our screens. They're gone. All right, sold. Dude, it's <laughs> not even. It's not even that much. It's like what, like three grand, three grand or something. Three grand. Two or three. Cool. And the thing is, is like that's so. Let's just say you save an hour a day, mm-hmm. and you do that every day. It's got to be even more than an hour. Yeah. It's, it's more than an hour, but yeah, worst it's... case, an hour, you're going to make that money back. Yeah, so fast. In, in no time. Your, your ROI on, it's a, it's, I think it's the biggest no-brainer decision mm-hmm. at, at a screen printing shop is to have an eye image. Not just because of the film savings and fucking around mm-hmm. with that stuff and trying to archive it or do whatever. Yeah. It's just the, just the, you know, the eye image comes with the tri-sync. Mm-hmm. We did not have tri-sync. Like Dylan said he had the trilog before. He had the eye image. We did not. We when we bought our eye image, it, it comes with a tri-sync palette, <clears throat> mm. and um, every screen you put in the eye image is then is tri-synced. No matter, like it's frame. already it's, it's already all, programmed to do yeah. it, right. Like yeah. so, when you set your frame in the eye image, it doesn't light up. There's a button that lights mm. up that says go, you know, print, and it doesn't do until it's tri-synced into the eye image. You, it doesn't light up. Then you hit your button, and then uh, same thing goes for on press. Yeah. Damn. See, I was, I, I do want to get an, uh, eye image really bad, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of just in a struggle of like, I I'm kind of like, uh, I'm tight on space basically. Mm. It's not too yeah. big. It's a good yeah, thing. About it's it. not too bad. Like, we don't, the, ours doesn't have exposed. It doesn't expose it in the same. Yeah. Ours doesn't either. But you can get one that exposes the Yeah. It's the STE. Um, yeah. But it's like double the price or whatever. Yeah. It's expensive. I would just get an exposure unit. We're actually thinking about why well, I'm thinking about, uh, and I've seen, I've heard that you could do this is with like, because of kind of the room that we have in our dark room, like mm-hmm. the exposure unit kind of takes up a lot of space is because there's no glass. Like you could technically take the legs off and like flip it upside down and hang it above the, um, the eye image and then just slide the screen in. I think I might try that because then it'll give me another like five, six feet in my dark room. Yeah, and him just saying that reminded me of more savings. So you now you know how you, um, I guess you put film on a on your exposure unit. Mm-hmm. And you have a vacuum. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, so with the eye image, you don't so you don't do that. There's no more vacuum. You know, you know, you're not you're not concerned about having that film touch the back of your screen. So you skip that whole step, which means you save whatever your vacuum takes. It's like 20, 30 seconds. There's no more yeah. vacuum. There's no more glass either. So the best part about no glass is no more pinholes. Oh uh, yeah. But you actually can't use glass. So you can retrofit your exposure unit. So, because that ink is sometimes wet on the back of the screen. So you okay. just set it on your. So even with you and like water base or discharge or whatever, a pinhole is a nightmare. Yeah. Cause then you're ruining all those shirts. Like you rarely have a pinhole now because there's no glass to have dirt or lint or anything on it to, you know, leave you a pinhole on the screen. Damn. So it definitely, definitely pays itself off super quick, honestly. So you're ordering one on Tuesday. Use code uh, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Andy. Um, Dylan will give you another 10% off of what Andy is. So <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, honestly, the best things I bought for my shop were the iImage and the Unicope. Like, those to me are like no brainers. And I held off for a long time before I got those because I was scared. Like, I didn't want to buy like a computer that would, you know, be outdated or anything. And then I pulled the trigger and bought both of them at the same time. And it was like, holy shit. Like I should have got this so fucking long ago. 
Um, it's get like, it takes so much job out of like some, someone else now can do so much more work because those are there. Like you got to think the art guy who has to do the films before he would have to like do the art, print the film, take those films, cut them, put them on carrier sheets, tape them, put them in another room, like to be stored. Then the guy burning the screens, I have to take those films, tape them on the screens, burn the screens. And then you have to store the films again and you're buying film and you're buying ink for the printer, like a shitload. And it's like, now there's no film at all. So the money that you save on film alone will pay for the fucking machine. Our, uh, we buy, um, the ink we buy for our eye image is about a hundred and I don't know, 70, $180 call it. And it, and we normally get, um, 4,000 screens. Um, it depends on how, if you're, um, double burning screens, which you still can do, you know, you can spin your screen and burn and burn the other and uh, image the other side or like how much is really going down. But we've gotten as much as 6,000. Yeah. I've had, I've had mine for, I want to say almost two years now. And I think I've only used three bottles. Right. Yeah. I mean, there ain't cost still, but it's, it's not what you think. It's, yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I know, man. Fuck, that's the one I need to get. That one's that's <laughs> next on my list. I don't want to try. To, I, I don't want to try to sell you on anything. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to help you out. No, no, no. I believe you too. I, I, uh, I appreciate it. It's just, um, it's just a matter of like money and space. So, yeah. finance. Yeah. No, I'm with you. <laughs> nah, dude. I want to. I want to get no, a, pay cash. I wanna, um, <laughs> yeah. I want to get a new spot eventually, you know, I want to build out my own, like my next space. But, you just uh, want more space or better location? Um, maybe a little bit of both more space and a better location. The location on that's cool. It's like, you know, I got a good price and it's cutty, you know, it's like not a lot of people go back there just, but at the same time, it's like a pain in the ass. Cause there's like a lot of mechanics around there and it's like, Sometimes they take a parking and just bullshit, you know, but, but you can borrow their tools, but yeah, they're, yeah, they let me borrow tools sometimes. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, do you, uh, did you like kind of plan out your whole like ink table area? Cause that's fucking like yours is ridiculous. Ah, uh, thank you, dude. Um, yeah, I, I was going to do one of those tables that has like the, the holes in it where mm-hmm. all the inks are in there. That's what and I then it, Yeah. But after I like, after I used it for about a week, I was like, this is pretty badass, like this big ass table. And sometimes there's like, you know, mixing up three colors at the same time. And you know, everyone's like, I don't know. It's not like clustered, you know? So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. What are you talking about? I haven't, I haven't seen it. Just a big old ink table, uh, like in front of my ink wall with, with all the inks. Is it on your Instagram? I think probably. Yeah. Yeah. So. Dylan, do you, ha- yeah, you have one of these I too? I just have like a, like a table I made, like my brother-in-law like made me a welded up a table and then I mm-hmm. put like a piece of plywood on it and I cut all the holes for all the pigments I need. Mm-hmm. And then everything's like, cause before, if you just had it like flat on a table, like people are bumping them into each other and pigments are like getting on each other. And yeah, they're also dirty. like, Get, yeah, and dirty. So now that that basically they go right to the lip of the top of the thing in the table. So you're just kind of cool. taking the lid off, grabbing what you need. So there's like a gap in the front for you to be able to like slide your cup around. Um, how about his? How about his uh, palette racks? 
Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> oh yeah, that one uh that one the homie from uh, black and white screen print. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, showed me a um basically something like that that he was his buddy was building in his shop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Holy shit, that's fucking cool. You mind if I ever like, you know, take the idea and like use this?" And he was like, "Yeah, go for it." Mm-hmm. And so the same buddy that built my wall um I just hired him to like build uh the pallet rack uh, holder. I've been thinking about getting one of those that slides under the the, ex- the belt extension, like the in feet. Yeah, dude. Okay. That way, you know, if, if one guy needs it, all they got to do is roll it over to their side and so on. Right now, I just like lean them up against the wall, but it's not like the best situation. So going yeah. through your Instagram right now, looking for these ink buckets, these videos are, are sick. Who's, are you behind the camera on those? Are you doing these? Um, so sometimes I'm filming them. Um, but sometimes my buddy Jose films too. And like both of us editing, editing, I usually do all the editing. Really? You're riding a skateboard around the shop or around the press, aren't you? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been doing clips like that. I just want to be able to like film like, uh, all the heads going, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to like run around the press and like, (laughs) you know, so I thought like, Oh, I'm going to skate around the press and, and it kind of worked out, except that one time I ate shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the post that I, I, I saw where you said that, oh, last time didn't end so well. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty funny. But I didn't, I didn't fuck anything up. I just hit, like, um, some shit that was sticking out. I didn't hit, like, the flash or anything like that. It was, that would have sucked. <laughs> yeah, you need Jess uh, doing some behind the scenes to catch some of that. Yeah, yeah. Does she work there, too? <laughs> Yep. Yep. Jessica, uh, she's my girlfriend. She's been, uh, we've been together for a couple of years, but, um, I brought her into the business about a year ago. She just, um, she was working at the zoo and I, she didn't have enough hours. And I had told her, you know what, just, uh, come work over here and I'll get you a bunch of hours. <laughs> how does and, that work uh, out for both of you? Cause you both have your significant others working for you. How, how was that, uh, work life balance go? It's kind of tough, but I think, um, I think we complement each other. I think like we just end up working really well together. So actually it's like a team, like we do even better, but it's a trip. Cause like we're with each other, like all the time. All the time you yeah. know what I mean? It's pretty, it's gnarly, pretty good for us, but, but time. it's not, I think it's cool. I think it's cool too. And, um, I don't know, maybe it used to be harder a little bit, but, uh, when we first started, but now we have such different and different roles that we do here. And, you know, yeah. we don't cross paths during the day, even that much. I mean, our, we, our desks are in the same office, but I like it. I like, um, you know, if, if I need a vent or if something's going on, she's, she's here and she understands. And, and she knows pretty much what's happening already. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What, what are you guys, what are your, both of your kind of roles, I guess, at work? Are you, I mean, Juan, you're doing a little of everything, right? You're printing too. Uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm, I'm doing, um, I don't want to say all the printing, uh, but if it gets like a, if it's a really complicated job, like I will jump on the press, um, or if there's like rush, uh, jobs that we got to do, I will like have to jump on the press. But a lot of times I'm doing like separations, actually I'm doing, uh, art steps and, um, kind of just like being in the office, helping out where I right. can, but. 
Yeah, Jessica's kind of like involved with like emailing and uh, customer service, invoicing. Yeah, customer service. Andy, you're doing a little of everything too, aren't you? Yeah, uh, especially now. I mean, that we've half our team is is gone. So, yeah, um, I do. I do a little of everything. Before though, it was more just wherever we needed support, you know, mm -hmm. seems like there's always somebody um, either out on PTO or, or maybe they're sick or something. So uh, filling in uh, where, where it needs, where I need to, or, um, you know, whenever there's problems, customer service issues, whatever, you know, that's what I, what I spend my day. You never know. It's, I guess I would say probably half the day I know what I'm going to be doing. And the other half is just our surprises. Curveballs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I don't mind it. I like it. I mean, it's, I guess it's, it, it definitely mixes it up, but these days I'm even washing screens. Per, uh, luckily we have the Eagle text now, so it makes it a lot easier. Ah, dude, that thing looks badass, dude. So yeah, Fuck. you need that one. You need to buy that too. So you're going to need to, yeah, definitely need some more space. So. Yeah, I do. Cause it's a mile and a half long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Practically. Dude, but, you, guys, uh, you guys, uh, you guys really inspire me, dude. For real. Well, I've been uh, I've been thinking a lot lately about getting something like that, but I just don't know what one to get because of the the space. I don't have the space for for the full ego. I thought you. I don't, I I don't know what to do. Growing, right? Like I thought you took over that other spot that was something else. I can't remember. What yeah, I do, but it. it's not really ideal for more shop space. I don't mm -hmm. know. It, it's it's planned to be office space, but pretty much what I have is like where the shop is, is like press dryer press. And there's like a little bit of open space. And then there's in the corner is like where we blow screens out and everything. And then on the opposite side of that is a room that is the dark room. But right next to where the washout is, is a bathroom. That's like way too fucking big. It's like probably like a 14 by 14 in like foot bathroom. There you go. You put it in there. Right. But that's what I'm saying is I kind of want to knock down that room and put like the toilet in the sink, like in the corner and then just build like a little closety, like quick toilet room and then put it there. But it's still like, I feel like the thing fucking would take up that whole space. So you can, you don't have to buy, you can get it in two chamber, the two chamber. Model. Yeah. But the problem is, is I don't want to mix any chemicals. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, that's where I, so what it comes down to for us is we decided yeah. that uh, on the three. Like I definitely am an M and R guy and I want to stay M and R, but like I'm kind of weighing my options just on that piece of equipment because it's just so big. Like I want to see if there's anything that's more compact, but I don't know. I, that's probably my, like my next year purchase is getting one of those because I, you know, it's, it's one of those where you have such a hard time finding somebody who's willing to clean screens that much uh especially nowadays doing all these like huge multicolor stuff like it's just more and more screens every single day so i don't know how you can make it more compact i mean honestly that machine because our the first uh you know there's this load in station where yeah. the you know you put the screens and then the chamber their screens go into the first chamber second or third chamber and then there's a finishing station where it has to come out of the mm -hmm. out of the machine you know and well, the only thing I want to look into is like, like, what about that Lotus Holland one? It feels True. like it's like a quarter of the size of the other one. Like, is it doing like a shittier job or is it just like more compact? I don't, I don't know. That's I don't know. I'm not, lines, I don't know enough yet. I need to do a couple months worth of research. I need to visit shops that have one. 
my buddy Ron in Pennsylvania is only like an hour away and he has a Lotus. Um, and then obviously I have you to talk to about the eco. So I think I'm just going to like figure out what I want to do. I'd love to have the eco just because of continuity of the whole shop, you know, M&R stuff, but yeah. calling one tech and everything. But I just, I need, that's just one of those things. I feel like one's huge and one's way smaller, but do they do the equal amount of work? So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Juan, I got a question for you. Do you have like kind of in your, and I kind of have this like where in my career of printing and stuff, like, did you have like a turning point with a certain customer that kind of like pivoted your business model or made like you go in a certain direction with like your niche and stuff like that? Good question, Dylan. Um, yeah, I, I think I wrote so. that question. So, no, you didn't. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? At, at the beginning of uh, my screen printing career, I got a lot of like support from like skateboarders and the skateboard community. So that was really cool to be able to like, um, uh, to like get all those connections and stuff. Right. But, um, I don't know. The more I think about it, I kind of feel like kind of like a lot of my connections are like through skateboarding somehow, because, uh, even when I think about like the bigger jobs that I got later on in time, they still like, even if they were like restaurant jobs, like I got them from the designer that was a skateboarding. Doing the skate stuff. Yeah. Like just my friend through skateboarding. So it, I feel like, Definitely, uh, skateboarding got us like a lot of the work, but, uh, I think Tom DeLong's account was there you go. probably pretty huge for sure. That's the one that like really kind of yeah. like upped it for us. And we got that account, like as soon as we got the auto. So that's awesome. Yeah. That was like perfect timing. And mm -hmm. like, I, it was completely, um, unanticipated because I didn't really like know what to expect. They had like kind of said, yeah, we, you know, we spend this much a quarter on apparel. And so, you know, we want to work with you. And I was like, sure. But then that number was like tripled or quadrupled, like from what they said. And it was just like huge work. So that's it, awesome. Though. Like it just, it honestly paid off the auto. Like just, isn't that great when that works out like that, you know, you mm -hmm. spend all this time, and, and, and you have this anxiety of, okay, I'm going to drop this much money on the press. And then, you know, you go forward thinking that it's going to put you in a certain spot and, and give you that opportunity. And then it just happened. And so, yeah. I mean, cause what if you hadn't, because getting a press takes months, you know? And so what if you hadn't had a, that already in the pipeline of being installed and all that kind of stuff? So maybe you would never have got that account. Yeah. It was literally like serendipity, like perfect timing. Cause like I, what I, you're right, Andy. I was like, I had a lot of anxiety because I was saying like, damn, I, I don't know how, you know, how soon I'm going to meet my ROI. Like what if it takes forever? What if the economy drops or what if this, or what if I have all of these like doubts? What if know? there's a pandemic? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Dude. Dude what if <laughs> that ever happens? That's going to suck. Dude. <laughs> Did you guys imagine? <laughs> no, I just but, don't want to, I just don't want to fucking talk about it anymore. Yeah. Like anytime you run into anybody, it's like, Hey, do you like wearing masks? I don't. And it's like, dude, fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm over it too, dude. I'm like, I don't watch the news anymore. I don't, uh, I'm pretty much over it. Yeah. And it's just the conspiracy theories. It's like more what I'm into now of like <laughs> how, yeah. how, well, who actually made this or what's happening. I yeah, have one, I, I have one that I, that I kind of thought of a while ago is basically with this whole like, um, global warming and stuff. The, the world got together, the scientists got together and were like, what can we do to like actually like stop people from doing shit to where like sh- stuff will heal? And they're like, well, let's make a virus that like only kills old people and we'll, you know, we'll figure out a timeline of like, okay, it's 18 months. If everybody stopped doing everything, the, the earth could heal enough to where we're not all going to die um, and then they released it and then everybody just basically like healed the planet because you gotta think if they were just like, if scientists came out and were like, Hey, if we stop doing stuff for like 18 months, the earth will be fine. Nobody would stop doing their normal daily shit. The only way they're going to stop doing anything is if like they've threatened to die if they walk outside. Yeah. yeah but so. you also believe in Sasquatch. Well, hell yeah. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. And that's the only reason why Juan got angels and airwaves is because he believes in aliens. Aliens. <laughs> the hair. Yeah, I got over here. <laughs> Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> but seriously, do you? Have you seen one? Have I seen aliens? Yeah. Yeah. Um only when you get that really good stuff, right? Yeah, only like <laughs> aliens, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know what? Actually, a couple of years ago, um, they had like some, they shot like some rocket. It was like the sun. SpaceX. Yeah. That's what it was, that SpaceX thing. Yeah. And then I swear to God, I was like, aliens. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? We but, saw that too. We were actually in a live front that day. And uh, it was like all over the news, like all over my phone. We were like, dude, what is this? And nobody was saying it was SpaceX at the time. It was like right after it happened. Everybody's freaking out. And yeah. I was like, dude, we're here right now. And fucking aliens are showing up. Like, what the hell? And yeah. then later they said it was like some, you know, they blamed it on SpaceX rocket, but it was really definitely aliens for sure. That's what I'm saying too. Dude. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, been aliens the only time I saw them. Yeah, for real. Yeah, but apparently Tom DeLonge went on like Joe Rogan and he, he's he got a bunch of like footage of like, I guess, supposedly real UFOs. But yeah. Dude, I yeah. I, I don't see, I mean, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all with it. Me too. <laughs> what questions you got, Andy? Hmm. Uh, well, I was just going to, my question, my biggest question was going to be what, what, ne- what's your next piece of equipment? But you, I think we already covered that. Yeah. yeah. So definitely going to be an eye image, right? Yeah. An eye image. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what else? Uh, if you could go back and do anything differently, would you do anything different to get you where you are? Um, I would, yeah, I would, I would, I, I would, uh, tell myself that I, that like I can't do it all myself because for years and years I was trying to like do it all myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just like, I didn't want to go through like the pain of like hiring some people and like training them to like whatever extent. And, um, 
I think the main thing is like getting help in the office and that one's been like my big one for sure. Yeah. Like, that one was huge for being, me too. Being relieved by all the emails, you know, cause it's tough when you're like fucking working all day and then you got to go and answer emails all night. And the interruptions, like, you know, if you have somebody helping in the office, if they can answer the phone or if they yeah. if somebody come, knock, you know, comes in or just being interrupted, it just, everything takes so much longer. So that's right. Yeah. Once you have people to help so you can just start a job and finish it. It's awesome. Yeah. That's a good one. I agree. I mean, I think that, um, well, we've certainly hired people along the way, but sometimes we are too slow to hire. Mm-hmm. Definitely sometimes been too slow to fire too. Yeah. Learn lessons there. But, um, I don't know. We have such a solid team right now and bringing people back slowly, uh, has been, uh, really, it's been really nice. Um, when do you think you're going to have everybody back or most of them back? Um, you're asking me. Yeah. Uh, June 1st, I think we're going to have three more back, which brings us to just down, a, down a few. So that'd be really close. I've asked, uh, there's a couple I asked back that aren't coming back. Um, so th- you know, that happens. I'm sure that's happened across a lot of businesses. Do, are they not coming back because they had, they had to get it work somewhere else or because they're just scared of the virus? Uh, no, not scared of the virus. One took a job somewhere else and then one said, that they're not just not coming back. So, Damn. yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, that's okay though, you know, because it just wasn't, they weren't meant to be here, I guess. So yeah, exactly. That's definitely the hardest thing I feel like with this whole business. And I, it's gotta be the same for every business. It's just the human factor, like hiring and firing and dealing with people's emotions. And like, if they slept good the night before or had a fight with their boyfriend or girlfriend, or that's definitely like the thing that you can't plan for that, you know, it's just a bottleneck all the time, but I've gotten lucky with the people I have that they've been with me. Most of the people I have have been with me since the very beginning. So, um, I can't ask for any more loyalty than that, but yeah, it's definitely like, do you have trouble with that Juan, too? Like hiring and firing or you have pretty good luck with your employees? I have pretty good luck so far. Actually, everyone's like, it's, I don't have a huge like turnaround rate, you know, like, usually everyone that comes in is there forever or um or if it doesn't work out you know they just like they were just like andy said not really meant to be so yeah it's, it's like not i a think i deal. could i could work for for juan i don't know if i could work for you dylan though i what think the fuck? We, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with juan we'd just be like hey let's print some shirts and then we'd skateboard <laughs> but with you dylan i don't know what, what, what would be the problem? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think that's... You just uh, don't like that I don't have a time clock. Yeah, well, what's up with that? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> just write down, when you show up, you just write down your hours. Andy's just uh, not down with the fact that I have, like, pieces of paper with lines on them for my employees to check, to sign <laughs> in and sign out. Yeah, and also, some, you know... Also, I don't have some fancy fucking program. There's no paid holidays, so fuck that too. Do you pay? So tomorrow, do you, does everybody get a paid holiday at Squeegee Prince? Tomorrow, Memorial, yeah, Memorial Day. What happens uh, tomorrow? Uh, there's going to be no work and no pay. Yeah, no pay. High five, brother. Forget it then. Forget it. <laughs> not working there. Neither of you. <laughs> I'm not against it. It's just, I didn't like think about it and was like, ah, fuck them. They're not going to get paid. I yeah. was just like, they, they literally clock in 
and get paid hourly. So if they're not there, then they don't get paid. Yeah. But as a bonus or as a benefit, you know, it's something. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Either. And then we moved to a couple of paid holidays. I think it was, I can't remember what it was. I want to say it was Thanksgiving because Hey, giving thanks. Mm-hmm. And then I think we did Christmas and then I don't know. We said, fuck it after a while. What do you, I do, I do Christmas Yeah, as, as a bonus. Do you guys yeah, try to bonus. take, do you guys try to take extra time off for Christmas? Um, sometimes I do, uh, usually go visit my family during Christmas time. But, um, ever since my like grandpa passed away a couple of years ago, I haven't really done that. So this yeah. last year I, I decided to like take care of all my finances and just make sure I'm all squared away. We've almost always tried. And I say try cause some years we just can't, but we usually try to take off like Christmas Eve to like new the day after new year's just because like, there's no fucking orders coming in then anyway, like mm-hmm. you can easily push jobs till after. So we always try to do that, but there, I feel like there's always like a couple rush orders or something where people are like, Oh, I need these. And we end up coming in and doing it. But, I generally t- try to give my staff that like, that week off. It's yeah. usually it's usually like almost a full like seven day week. Sort of depends on when Christmas falls too. So if yeah. it's on a Thursday or whatever, you know, it always makes sense to at least anyway. You don't sort sort of that's how Thanksgiving works because we we're closed on Black Friday. Yeah, we usually are too. You know, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want any part of it. And so I know it's a big day uh, for a lot of companies and everything, but we we just close on Thanksgiving. We, yeah. For the us whole, too. The whole time. But yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't really get into that per piece stuff. Anyway, people are always like, Oh, why aren't you busy around Christmas time? Aren't you selling stuff? I'm like, no, I fucking sell bulk orders to like festivals and bands and yeah. events. Like basically from Thanksgiving to like mid to end of February is like slow season for me. Like we make, mm-hmm. we still make decent money and we're open, but like, we're not fucking slamming by any means. It's like, mm-hmm we're just open and I have enough to pay the bills and pay payroll. And mm-hmm. Whenever I'm out in, in public, which isn't often, uh, I'll, uh, and somebody asks me what, you know, what do you got? What do you do? Or, or whatever. I always, my answer is always, I print t-shirts. And, and the first thing they, they ask is, Oh, you know, you know, like sports teams and everything like that. And um, that's so, it's so funny because that's so not what we do. Most people mm-hmm. have no idea that, you know, there's graphic tees and there's, and there's, there's all this print world of, of, of things to do and merch programs. And, and they always go, the go-to is, oh, you print, you know, softball shirts or whatever, or sports mm-hmm. soccer, soccer team shirts. And I always make the mistake of saying that we print for bands and they're always like, oh, you print for like ACDC or like what bands do you print that I've known? And it's just <laughs> like, it's like, I don't want to answer that question anymore either. Oh, uh, dude, the worst one for me is like, when I say that, and then they're like, oh, dude, I used to have a clothing brand. <laughs> and then they like yeah. show me like photos or whatever or whatever it was. I'm like, cool. <laughs> dude, I hope, I hope they don't hear this, but I'm going to tell this story. Like one of the most embarrassing moments of my entire life was uh, these two guys started this clothing line that came in. And it was one of those totally like they were taking their tax returns and like me starting a clothing line. So that immediately is a red flag. I even told them too, when they gave me, cause they're like, here's like, I have like 12 designs. I want like a hundred of each or whatever. And the total order ended up being like six, seven grand or something. And, uh, 
they brought me the order and we, I told them, I was like, dude, straight up, like, are you sure you want to do this? Cause this is a lot of money for you to like start a clothing line and like, maybe you should do one or two designs, whatever. Anyway, they didn't listen to me. We ended up printing everything. And then the dudes were local and they were going to come pick it up at the shop. And it was like after hours and they were like, Oh, is there any way I can meet you at like eight o'clock? And they get to my house. Cause I was like, oh, I'll take them home with me and come pick them up. Cause I live like right, like the street over. And the clothing line was called hand to hand, like hand to hand comment or whatever. Mm. And, uh, they fucking got to my driveway and like, I had the shirts in the back of my car. They like pulled the shirts out in the box. And I don't know for you guys, this is always nerve wracking. Even if you know you did a yeah. great job when people open the shirts in front of you, you're always just like, what are they going to find? That's like not correct or like nitpick or whatever. So anyway, they fucking open the box and they pull out the, the first like piece of shirt or whatever to look at. And they're so jazzed that they like fucking like, they both said at the same time, they were like hand to hand and they like grabbed hands in the air, like right in front of me. And I was just like, I am so fucking embarrassed right now to like be <laughs> in this situation. Just like the corniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. You didn't then, join in? <laughs> dude, no. I just like, I, they didn't know, but I like snuck in. I was like, yeah, hand to hand. Like, <laughs> like grabbed their hands. <laughs> uh, just like one of those moments that are just like, oh my God. It's like one of those where you like just all of a sudden start Michael Jackson, like fucking moonwalking backwards. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that. I spun around. Yeah. Yeah, I've had every once in a while, you'll get somebody that'll open up the box. We always show a shirt at the front counter. If, if yeah. they pick up, if we ship, of course they don't see it in front of us, but if they come to pick up, they'll, they'll open up and they'll go, Oh, these were supposed to be pink. You know, like just trying to be funny. And, uh, Dude, that always makes my heart sink. It's, it's not funny. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not at all. Scariest shit ever. Yeah. We had yeah. a guy, we had a guy come in not even that long ago that was like a brewery or whatever. And he picked up his shirts and where our front desk window is like for the receptionist is right next to the front door, like literally right next to the front door. And the front door is just like a big glass door, like sunshine fucking through the door or whatever. Guy opens up the shirts, looks at it. He's like, Oh, it looks great. Whatever. And talks to Sarah for a couple minutes, then leaves and then calls as soon as he gets back to his place. And he's like, the color on these is so fucking wrong and blah, 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 blah. And we're like, you pulled it out of the box when you were here and said, everything looks great. And he was like, I was in like a dark corner of the room. I'm like, dude, you were fucking in the one spot that has the most light out of any of the places here. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, I don't know. And people like that, it's just like, there's no pleasing. That's how I said, like, you can do everything right. You can make the mock-up, you can have them approve the colors, everything. And then, there's just always those people that just want to find something wrong with it to like get a discount or something after the fact or yeah, fix it. You always replace it no matter what. I am a pushover and I usually like always want to make the customer happy and I'll do what I can to fix it. Nine times out of 10, if it's like they approved everything, definitely not our fault. Something they did on the wrong end. The, the worst case scenario is I will be like, Hey, we'll reprint this order at cost. I know it sucks. I know you messed this up. Like, I won't say that to them. Like, I know you messed this up, but like I tell them like, Hey, on our end, technically we don't have to do anything for you because like we checked all the boxes and you did all the approvals. Um, but I'll be like, I'll reprint these. At like you buy the blanks, we'll print them. Like then I'm that's not, out, I'm not out fair. a ton. Yeah. I feel like that's super fair. What do you so do? Like, want? Honestly, I just, 
I always try to keep the customer happy, dude. Like yeah. I, I'm kind of a pushover, but, um, Jessica's a lot more stern than me for sure. She'll, <laughs> she, she'll stand ground, but, um, uh, I was going to say something about this. Can't, can't remember. <laughs> One thing that we do too is like, if a customer already like, cause we're shipping everything. A lot of times you get those customers that like have a small order and they'll call, like I said, to bitch just to try to get like a refund or get their money back. Even though there's nothing wrong with the shirts at all. They're just people trying to scam basically. Okay. Like, yeah. I remember what I was going to say now. I got one of those too. I got yeah. this guy that like fucking just tried to scam me completely. And him, yeah. I, I, I pumped the brakes on him and I was like, nah, fuck you. I'm not giving yeah. you shit. Well, the one thing I do to immediately stops that is I'm like, all right, well I'll, I'll pay to have you ship them back to us. And as soon as UPS confirms that they have the return and it's on its way back to me, I'll send you your money back. And 9.9 times out of 10, they you're, you're gone. They're ghosted. Like you'll never hear from them again because they just wanted to like get their shirts and get their money back. And then they'll end up selling the shirts anyway. It's the same thing with that brewery guy is like, he was so pissy about the color of his shirts and we ended up refunding his money. Cause he's like, if you don't send us a refund, I'm going on every single one of your social channels and giving you a one star review and that like sucks. saying all this horrible yeah. stuff about you. And it's like, it's just blackmail at that point. It's like, yeah. if I don't pay you, you're just going to say all this horrible shit about us. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, whatever. I was like, I'll refund your money. And like, sorry, it was like a 12 piece order anyway. So it wasn't even that big a deal. But that weekend that dude fucking sold all those shirts at an event. It's yeah. like, if they were so wrong that you had to get your fucking money back, like why would you sell them? Like, obviously he was just trying to be a dick and like get his money back. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just, like I said, if I always just say, Hey, I'll pay for you to ship them back to me and I'll use them as test shirts. Yeah. But I'm not going to pay you. I'm not going to give you a refund and let you keep your shirts too. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. I, I only dealt with that luckily one time where like someone did that shit, but it was already one time too much. Like yeah. they threatened me too to like, like they're like, give me a full refund or, or, uh, or I'll leave like bad reviews. And I, at that point I was just like, fuck it. I'll, I'll have my first bad review. Like even mm-hmm. if it's from you, like, saying a bunch of bullshit lies like fuck it you know it would just like i didn't want to give him the satisfaction of like giving his money back and he was a total scam artist because he had like he he had like millions of reviews that he's done on like google and shit so he was just one of those persons like leaving bad reviews and yeah like, just trying to scam. people to get free stuff all the time mm-hmm. i think it happens uh so little that um, I don't think it's being a pushover. I think when I think you're, I think you're doing the right thing. You know, you're just making, like you said, you want everybody to be happy. You want your customer to be happy. You want them to have a good experience because if they have a bad experience at your shop, they're going to tell everybody, you know, that you suck, not just face a Google review or a Facebook review or whatever. They're going to tell everybody that you suck. But if you, no matter what, like you said, if you, let's say it's, we did everything right, but there was a misspelling or something on their end. Mm-hmm we'll still fix the shirt because I want, I want them to have a good experience. We'll still yeah. reprint it and won't even charge them anything. We'll, we'll rebuy the shirts. We'll, we'll re- reprint the shirts because I think that that's like an opportunity to say, Hey, we're going to go we'll do whatever it takes so that you have a great experience here because <clears throat> they'll tell everybody that they had a great experience, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so We've I, don't, I think it comes back to you. We've done that too, though, where it kind of like bounced back where like they were, they were like a huge dick on the phone and they had an issue and we ended up reprinting it. Like same thing, like you said, like you just wanted to be happy. We ended up reprinting the order, gave it to them. And then they left us like five star reviews on everything. And we're like, 
you know, and they posted stuff on Facebook saying like, Oh, I did have an issue, but they took care of it like a couple days later. And like, I love the new ones and whatever. And it's just like, that's how our reputation is what it is here. As as people keep coming back and they, and they tell people to come here and it's worth so much. I mean, it sucks at the time because you're like, oh, you know, of course it was on a 200 shirt order and we've got to redo it. It wasn't on the five piece order, right? Yeah. But uh, but we'll just do it, you know, and 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 eat it at the moment. But um, it'll it'll come back someday. That's how I look yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah. Same here. Same yeah. here. So you're gonna play us a song on the way out? <laughs> 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 Shit. Nah. If you weren't uh, if you weren't printing, what would you be doing? If like if I'm you weren't a screen printer, what would you be doing right now? Shit, I don't know, dude. I don't know what I'd be doing. Fuck. I feel like I would have done something creative, but yeah. I don't I don't know what it would have been. It was just so random that I fell into screen printing mm-hmm. um, at that like age and everything. So I have no idea. Like I kind of yeah. thought like one time I was like, I think I'd be a, I'd be a mechanic or something, but fuck, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm the same way. Like I never, I never knew what I wanted to do. And then I fell into this and I've been like super deep into it ever since that. I don't know what I would be doing. I mean, I like like carpentry and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like maybe I would, I feel like either way I would have done something on my own, like a business. I Mm -hmm. I feel like I I wouldn't be working for somebody else. Yeah. You had entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial troll. (laughs) We know, we know what you mean. Yeah. 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 What would you be doing? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You probably spent like an hour and a half on that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I got the, they got the clippers, but uh, it's gotta be perfect. Right. Yeah. Messing no, I don't know what I would have done. Um, but I think it would definitely have been my own business, you know, uh, for sure. Do you have I, any, I uh, do you have any like favorite books or podcasts or anything that you listen to? It doesn't have to be print related. I just listen to your podcast, honestly. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. I mean, like, what else? So? <laughs> um, I used to listen to a podcast called uh, Oh Yeah, Dude. But it was, like, just a funny one. That yeah. just, like, you know, some dudes talking about random shit. Uh, but other than that, not too much. I just I listen to a lot of records at the shop. Yeah. I listen to a lot of music. And um, that's pretty much it. Yeah don't say us but like do you who do you look at like on social media and stuff for like inspiration it doesn't have to be print related just stuff like obviously you probably look at skate stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um for inspirational printers it can be printers if you want to say don't fucking say us don't say us i was gonna say, say, say shirt kong obviously don't worry about fucking. it shirt kong not no, um, uh, Lancaster print house. Yeah. He's a good dude. Super good. He's legit. And, um, also, uh, pride press. How do you, I, what is it? I, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, look it up. Don't fuck it up. See. Yeah. Look it up. Don't fuck it up. I'm right here. Say anything <laughs> else. Let me see. So this is the homie too, by the way, I found him. You guys see that guy? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. P-Y-R-E Press. Yeah. This guy's good. But yeah, that guy's pretty inspirational. There's a lot of other people too, for sure. Um, Guys at uh, uh, Sunday Pranko and 
just there's so many printers it's hard to like just name them mm-hmm. all but yeah. um but yeah i just seeing you guys up. that uh seeing you guys at long beach was really epic though dude that was cool think, the best part was you walking up while i was eating breakfast and you fucking <laughs> serenaded me with a harmonica or whatever the hell you had <laughs> yeah that's <what> <laughs> yeah dude i hey for the next one we gotta go to dinner dude mm, down if, if they ever do those again yeah i know for real you're right yeah, better. yeah. They, they better yeah, yeah. Dude, dude that's like one of the things we look forward to so much every year and people are always like oh you go to those and it's like hell yeah I go to those like like andy was there like we met up with you a couple times but like we went to that mexican restaurant and saw you guys and and then we ended up just hanging out on the street corner and then like some shop came along that we knew we started talking to them and then another shop came along and we started talking to them at one point there was like a hundred fucking printers on a street corner Mm -hmm. just because we were standing there and started a conversation it was fucking shit like that's awesome just like all night hanging out we ended up what we ended up going to some like underground bar thing and they were playing pool and i don't know the night before we did like karaoke at some super dive bar. That was fucking super did fun. Did you eat any of those weird, uh, whatever they were making outside on, on the, yeah. After you left, I ended up eating, it was like street hot dogs or whatever it was. Did you throw up? Dude, they were gross. It wasn't no speedy. No, no. Well, the thing is, is I thought it was sausage. Like I thought she was making sausages and like, I was like, Oh, I'll like have one. And I was standing there with, uh, uh, screen Kings. And then a couple other people that were there and they were like, Oh yeah, this stuff's really good. And some lady came up and bought one and I was like, Oh, it's gotta be good. And I got it. It was like a fucking, like a ballpark hot dog. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? what the fuck is this? It's like $5 for this. It was gross. Yeah. It was like burnt. I was like, Oh, I was like, I don't want this. It's disgusting. Uh, it's such a fun time though. Like going out there, yeah. like hanging out with people like we did not this year, but the year before it, there, we got this like epic, Airbnb with like, I want to say there was like 25 other printers there in one house. And it was just like a frat house of printers. And we all stayed there all week. It was crazy. People were sleeping in the car. They were sleeping on the floor. It was a fucking disaster. (laughs) It honestly was like, it was a good time and I'm glad we did it the one time, but I won't do it again. Um, Cause like the house that we got was so cheap because it had like 20 fucking beds in it or whatever that they had just got done doing like drywall work. Like literally when we drove in, like pulled in, they were still working on stuff. The whole house was covered in drywall dust, like everything. Like you could brush against the wall and you'd be covered in white. Like every, everything was covered in fucking drywall dust. And I feel like all our beds were made out of fucking straw and garbage bags. <laughs> it was awful. But last year we stayed with the relentless guys in a house and that house was super nice. Like we spent a little bit more money. We're a little closer to the convention center. Um it was really good. Last year was a really good time. I need to try doing that next yeah. year. If there yeah. is a next year, so yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. I definitely I'm definitely all for it. Normally we do Atlantic City too, but Again, Atlantic City got canceled this year. Everything got canceled this year. I had so many plans this year of traveling. I was going to go out to see you, Andy. I was going to go to Atlantic City. I was going to go to Austin for crop. Um, I was going to. I had like two M and R trips planned. Um, like all these things that all got canceled. We'll see if that hap- if it changes in the in the fall, like yeah. after summer. Well, I guess like Atlantic City is rescheduled right now for like the mid, like middle to end of October, I think. So. I'm hoping by then everything is like back to normal, but they're saying that even then, like 
there's no new, no, like there's a new normal now where it's going to be, you know, capacities are going to go way down and you might yeah. have to wear a mask and shit. I'm like, dude, I don't want to go We're hang take out your temperature. People. So yeah, don't be too warm. Wear something. Yeah, ice packs on my forehead every time, everywhere I go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what's for dinner tonight, Juan? Oh, uh, for dinner tonight? Yeah, shit. what you doing? I don't know. I'm probably going to do some, some ve- grilled veggies and, um, I don't know, grilled veggies and rice or something. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Sounds <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, I gotta, I gotta, I should have wrote it have down. You, have you heard of a salt, have you heard of a salt potato? A salt potato? Yeah. This is what's big up in, in Dylan's town. Salt potato. Salt potatoes. Salt potatoes. You know what that is? No, I'm going to send you both fucking salt potatoes and you can shove it. All right. Cause you're going to love them. I think all it's right. just a potato. It's a potato covered in salt that you boil and then you dip it in butter. That's all it is. <laughs> Damn. That sounds bomb. Sounds yeah, good, it please. is bomb. Mm. See, Juan's on board. Suck it, yeah. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Andy was giving me shit about it. We'll ask you to send me some. I will. I'm, I'm sending w- you I'm some. Waiting. I already got your care package like halfway ready to go. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right, I got guys, was, I'm working on you guys' care packages too. Mine okay. has, mine also has food in it. That <laughs> Uncooked chicken, like raw chicken and stuff. Yeah. Right. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm sending. I'm putting in some, uh, some tortillas. Hell yeah! So you guys can cook something. Hey, what's for dinner though? Tonight, oh, for us, yeah, uh, veggie burgers, uh, rice, and 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 baked beans. Okay. Okay. Kind of Memorial Day, Pre Memorial Day cookout. That sounds better than mine. That sounds better than mine. What about you, Dylan? Mine's not good. I don't even want to say it. Come on, let's see it. <laughs> I ate before we did this, and I had I had uh, frozen chicken patties on a piece of white bread. Ah, uh, white bread. White bread. What? I didn't even know they made it. Yeah, for fucking pasty people like me, fucking still eat white bread. Damn. Are, are you still doing barbecues, by the way, at your place? Yeah. Well, we were going to have one this past Wednesday, but it's kind of sucks because some of my staff is only there like every other day. And I want to make sure if I do it, everybody's going to be there because I don't want to have like a cookout and have like somebody not be there. So yeah. probably this Wednesday will be the first of the year, like Wednesday, grilling Wednesday. So I already got like everything for it. So, And also, that, um, I just realized you said you had dinner before this podcast how fucking old are you man did you you eat don't dinner three don't even <laughs> i'm hey just because i had dinner doesn't mean i'm not gonna have second dinner <laughs> <laughs> that's right fourth meal all right yeah i stay up till two i need that second dinner makes sense i have another uh, podcast at 10 p.m so real yeah all right so i gotta like refuel later man podcast man it's on a schedule yeah I'm on a schedule. I got one that's got to come out Wednesday, man. I got to stay on top of it. Well, hey, man, it was fun. This one worked out. No audio issues, no internet issues. Super clean, crisp. Yeah, it worked out this time. Last time I felt like that kid on the fucking Xbox Live that's lagging <laughs> the whole game and everyone's like, get the yeah. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we said as soon as you left. It's weird that yep. you said that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good talking to you guys. I love y'all. Hey, I'll see you later. Right. I love you guys too, man. Take care. See ya. See ya.
just all stare at each other. <laughs> <laughs> you guys talking shit or what? We're waiting for you to leave so we can talk shit. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. How the fuck do you leave? Hit end. Figure it out. Later. See ya. (laughs) That went good. Are you talking shit or what? (laughs) Never. Not with Juan. No, no. Hell no. No.